Listener Production. Do you know what to do if your child burns themselves? Don't stop drinking your coffee or tea. As a parent, you need your caffeine hit. But the most common causes of burns in kids are hot liquid scalds. This is Mother Doctor Nurse and our final episode in this special series tackling the health and safety of our children. On this episode, our expert answers your questions about kids and burns. Feed, Play, Love with Sarah Hunstead and Dr Deb Levy. A few years back, my daughter put her hand down on a metal fireplace. We were on holidays and in the middle of nowhere. The advice that Sarah had given me about burns leapt straight to my mind. And thanks to that advice, my daughter was fine. She didn't even get a scar. Sarah Hunstead is a paediatric nurse who has worked in emergency. And today on our 12th and final episode for this season of Mother Doctor Nurse, She's going to be answering your questions about kids and burns. Sarah, hello. Hello. Look, I feel like I have to start by following through on that example of where my daughter burnt her hand. Can you tell us what you told me all those years ago about how to respond when a child burns themselves on something hot like a pan or as in this case... A fireplace. Well, there are four things that we need to remember, and that is remove, cool, cover, and seek. First of all, remove. What we want to do is remove the heat source. So a really good example of that is when a child or toddler might pull down that hot cup of coffee or tea onto themselves. And that hot liquid can even go obviously onto their clothes, but even down into their nappy. So that's why it's really important to remove the clothes, including the nappy, unless of course the clothing is stuck to the skin, then please don't try and remove that. And also removing any jewellery that they've got on, for example, if they've got bracelets or something on, then please take those off too. So that's remove. Next thing we need to do is we need to cool. So we need to cool that burned area for at least 20 minutes with cool running tap water, preferably. Now, it sounds like it's an eternity, especially when you have a screaming child in front of you because burns are painful. The other thing to remember too is cool the burn, not the kid. So you only want to cool the burned areas and keep the rest of the child nice and warm, whether that's with your body heat or wrapping them up in a blanket. And you're keeping that cool running water going over the burn for at least 20 minutes. So we've removed, we've cooled. Next thing we're going to do is cover. Now you're going to cover the burned area with just some loose cling film. So just cling wrap out of the drawer. Make sure you don't like wrap it around like you, you know you're wrapping up a sandwich make sure it's nice and loose over the top because what that does is it covers up the burn and so you're able to then seek medical help 
Now, remove, cool, cover, and then seek. So we want to seek medical help next because all burns in kids need to be seen by a doctor because even just a little burn, for example, on a finger that might blister, if that scars, it can actually cause big problems because particularly if it's over a joint, they're going to get that reduced movement. It's going, the scars don't grow and kids have got heaps of growing to do. So seek medical help. Mind you, if you've cooled it, and you look at the skin and there's no blisters, there's no disruption. You might see just maybe just the teensiest little red area, but it otherwise looks good. Then you're probably good to go at home. So you had told me this advice. I think we'd done an interview literally a few days before I was on this holiday. So I, I just remembered everything you said. And we had her under running water, her hand under running water as long as we could. Mm-hmm. Then we went to the nearest hospital because we thought it was quite a bad burn. On the way, we kept her hand in a jar of water because she'd really responded well to that cooling of the burn. It had really helped her. Was that actually helpful? Like if you can't get running water, should you be sticking the hand or part of body into something liquid and cold? Yes, absolutely you can. So it's not the ideal. Ideal is that cold running tap water, but it's next best thing. If that's what you've got, go for it. It can be really good for pain relief as well. And if your child will tolerate it, get them to move their hand around in there a little bit. So it's kind of flowy. Now, The one thing to watch out for is keep checking the temperature of the water because the water may start to, um, obviously it's not going to heat up enough to make a cup of tea out of, but it can (laughs) get warmer. Ideally, we want, you know, your average cool running tap water that comes out of the cold tap. So you may need to refresh that water frequently as well. And can you give them pain relief? Like, does it make any difference to a child who has a burn? Oh, absolutely. So please, if your child has a burn, go ahead, give them some analgesia, whether that is your paracetamol, um, your ibuprofen, make sure you follow the directions on the bottle. And remember, when you go to the hospital, make sure that you tell the triage nurse or the doctor what you've actually given your child, because they may well want to give your child more pain relief. So it's really important that they know what you've already given. So going back just a step, Georgia asks, what if you can't access any water at all? You know what? You can actually use pretty much anything. And I am just bursting with stories to tell here. But I think (laughs) (laughs) I always am. Come on. There's always a story to be told. Um, But the Australian Resuscitation Council actually have just redone their burns guidelines. And it actually says in there that if you can't access water, you can use soft drink. You can use a beer if that's what you've got. I know. We actually used beer once. My husband, when we were traveling around Australia with the kids, he actually stuck his hand on top of the cooker that we had um, with our tent. And he ended up leaving a fair bit of skin on the cooker. It was not good. 
not good at all. And we were in the middle of Western Australia, which is basically, we're in the middle of nowhere. We had tank water, but because it was so hot, when you actually had the water coming out of the tank, it you could have had a bath in it. It was that warm. So it really wasn't going to be that useful. So we actually used a few cans of emu lager to cool that burn. <laughs> it was brilliant. So his hand healed really, really well. And that came down to the cooling that we did. And on a side note as well, what's really interesting is that if you don't have water or something with you, even if you start that cooling within three hours, it can still be effective. What I found really incredible was just how amazing the healing was because she'd had that time under the cold water tap. Like Mm -hmm. literally the next, it was a bad burn and the next morning it was barely even red. I just couldn't believe it. It is astounding how important first aid is. Um, Honestly, from experience in the emergency department, seeing the difference between burns that had really good effective cooling and didn't, trust me, it is so important to make sure you know the burns first aid. We are heading into winter. What are some of the things parents of small children in particular need to be aware of when it comes to burns? The first thing that pops into my mind is hot water bottles and heat packs. So yes, we always think of like the hot soups and all of that kind of stuff and the heater and the fireplace and making sure they can't access. But a lot of us, when we live particularly in a cold climate, we might want to heat up that hot cot or the bed before they hop in just to make it you know nice and toasty for them but there are some issues with that one with hot water bottles is often they can leak certainly please don't ever put a hot water bottle in the bed with your child if you are in a really really super cold climate and you do want to heat up that bed a bit obviously you're checking it with your hands once you've removed the hot water bottle and your child cannot access that hot water bottle the other issue with heat packs is that you know particularly the wheat ones is that when you actually pop them under the bedding they can spontaneously burst into flames jeez <laughs> yeah. wow i did not know that now there are some brilliant resources that particularly talk about this so i will definitely give you the link, Chev, to pop in the notes below because it's one of those things that until I read about this, I'm like, what is this you speak of? They can spontaneously just burst into flames. Yeah, it's incredible. So don't be popping those into your bed, people, okay? One of the very upsetting things as a new mother is to understand just how dangerous hot coffee can be. I know you don't tell us to stop drinking coffee. Tell us what we need to be aware of. First of all, it's not having bub in the carrier, so in the pouch that's that's you know you've got on front or your back or whatever, because when you're getting that container of takeaway coffee, if the lid pops off, that's going to fall on top of your baby or if somebody bumps you. So just no babes in arms while you're drinking your coffee. And also that goes for family members as well, because well-meaning nan or auntie or whoever, they've got bub in their arms. They haven't seen them for a few weeks and they don't realize now that they can kick out their arms and legs and go and grab stuff. And so they're sitting there having a chat with you 
with their cup of tea and all of a sudden bub goes and reaches for the cup. So making sure that babes aren't in arms while you're having your caffeine hit is really, really important. Vicky asks, how can you tell if a burn needs care in hospital or if we can manage it at home? Now, you've already said every child needs to go and be checked out. I guess the question here is, when can we apply first aid at home and when do we need to call an ambulance? Absolutely. So, first of all, first aid should always be applied regardless of whether it's a really minor burn or a severe burn. You've got to start that as soon as you can. Now, when do you need to call an ambulance? If your child has got a severe burn, so for example, they have burns to any sensitive areas such as their face, um, their neck, around their torso, their chest, their genital area, if it is a large burn, if you're looking at that and going, oh my goodness, oh, that's, you know, that's, that's a bad burn, I need help, you are calling an ambulance. If you can't safely transport them to hospital, so for example, if they have a burn on them that doesn't allow you to click their five-point restraint on them, uh, you need to be able to transport them safely. So even though you might think, oh no, I, I, I think it's okay-ish, but we definitely need medical attention, but I can't get them there, then absolutely calling an ambulance is really important. When can you see your GP? Well, if the burn is small, if the pain is controlled, because severe pain is another reason to call an ambulance as well, you're comfortable uh, with the fact that you can transport them safely to the GP and you've got that cling film that's over the top and they're calm, you're calm, and then you can head off to the GP. When can you stay at home and not worry? Then that's when the skin is not disrupted at all. As I said before, it either looks just a teensy bit red or you look down and you go, geez, that water was amazing. I can't even see where they were burned at all. Fantastic. Perfect. And Sarah says, please let people know about treadmills. Friction burns are a thing. Don't think many people know about them. Bad for pets too. Have you seen yes. friction burns in emergency? I have. Yep, I have. I've only, uh, I personally have only ever seen one treadmill burn, but there are, they certainly do happen a lot. Enough to the point where Children's Hospital actually put out a campaign to warn parents of the dangers of treadmills. So what happens is if the child is playing on a treadmill, obviously you've got the part that spins around. See, I am very articulate and knowledgeable about treadmills, as you can hear <laughs> by my description right there the spinny bit then what can happen is is that causes a nasty friction burn and it can also cause um you know some really nasty damage as well um, with other injuries and so that's why it's so important kids away from the treadmills really really important it's not a plaything. and while you're on there the kids shouldn't be with you DJ says, when I was a kid, my nan would put toothpaste on a burn. Apparently, the peppermint is cooling. Oh, I can, do you want me to list what I've seen on burns? Go on. Okay. Oh, wait, wait. When you say list what you see, list what you've seen on burns but shouldn't be used. Yes. Is that okay. What you're yes, that's it. <laughs> that is it. Okay. So I have seen toothpaste, jam, particularly strawberry for some reason. I don't know why, just strawberry tomato sauce, toothpaste, Listerine, burns creams of all sorts of descriptions, egg white, honey, 
but I've never seen butter. I think everybody knows that that is an old wives tale. So the only thing that should be going on a burn is water. Or cold liquids. Or cold liquids. <laughs> Look what I learned. I learned today. You can cold beer. water or a beer. <laughs> <laughs> Something cooling. It doesn't matter as yeah. long as it's cool. Mm-hmm. As long as it's cool and liquid, obviously. Yeah. Because I guess people are get it, maybe getting the jam out of the fridge and thinking that will work. But it's yeah. sticky. It, it doesn't. And exactly. Because it's something that's going to run off, right? Yeah, that's right. That's right. So the aim is to cool the burn. And the reason that we don't want things like toothpaste or jam or even burns creams, one, they're not going to cool. And two, when you get to the hospital, that's all going to have to be removed. And you can imagine how painful that would be for your child. That's why cling film is fantastic. The doctor can actually see the burn through the cling film really easily. And it's just easy to take off as well. So please don't put any ointments or any other stuff on the burn before it goes in. Or bandages. Yeah. I mean, if it's what you've got, um, ideally you don't want anything that's fluffy. You want a non-stick dressing. But if all you've got is a tea towel, for example, and that's it, make the tea towel damp, pop it over the top of the burn, and then off you go to seek help. Okay, we've got a great one for the last question. I'm not sure why I left this to last. (laughs) Dave asks, popping burns blisters, yes or no? Mm -hmm. No. 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 (laughs) I was going to say no. No, No. Dave. No, Dave. Stay away from the popping. (laughs) That's right. Why? Because there is definitely an increased risk of infection. Once you get to the hospital uh, or the GP, they will decide what treatment your child needs. Do not pop any blisters. If something needs doing, leave it to the medical professionals. It's a hard no. Sarah, thank you so much for this episode and for all the episodes both you and Deb have done. And thank you to Deb, who is off having a wonderful holiday somewhere, hopefully. So thank you so much. Thank you for the funnest of fun, honestly, being able to talk about so many really important child health subjects and getting that out there to parents and carers everywhere. Such an opportunity. Thank you. That was our final episode in this season of Mother, Doctor, Nurse. If you have topics that you'd like us to cover in our next season, you can send them to us at feedplaylove at sca.com.au. I hope you enjoyed this episode of Feed, Play, Love, a listener original podcast. If there's something you'd like to learn more about, email me at feedplaylove at sca.com.au. I'd love to hear from you. For more great kids and parenting podcasts, check out the listener app and don't forget to follow us. I'm Siobhan Hunt. See you next time.